This episode is powered by Safety FM. In this episode, we're going to speak to Sam Goodman. Sam Goodman is the host of The Hop Nerd. So if you haven't heard of The Hop Nerd, you can listen to him on thehopnerd.com or on Safety FM. And uh, he also has what's called The Hop University. So Sam Goodman is on... If you're not aware of what HOP is, Human and Organization Performance. So that comes from the Nuclear Commission. Well, even more. And we're going to let Sam go ahead. So I'm not even going to butcher this. I'm going to let Sam talk to you about everything uh, HOP-related. And uh, he became a HOP evangelist uh, throughout his whole career, and even a change evangelist, as he'll uh, explain in our second uh, part of this interview. Had to break it up. It was a, a pretty good sized interview. So we we went through and talked about his beginnings in safety and health. We talked a little bit about um, human and organization performance versus behavior based safety, and just kind of you know just opened up our thoughts about it. Let's say it that way. And uh, truly, for me, I'm a sixty forty guy with Hop and BBS or BBS and hop, depending on the situation. And we talk a little bit about that as well. And we just really had a good time. I had a good time talking with, with Sam for our first time. We've been in the same uh, Safety FM family. And again, if you haven't got the Safety FM app, go ahead and download that. You're going to love it. And uh, you can listen to Sam's show on Safety FM. You can also see him on Twitch. He's got this like super following he's like on everything and he is so fun on that twitch because you could see him and his family and he's just like you know ball of energy i ain't got that kind of energy <laughs> i wish i did <laughs> but anyway uh sam is like really fun you know you can tell we had a great time this is actually our first time talking even though we've been in the same circle of friends so um without any further ado well, let's say it this way. We'll talk to Sam right after this word from our sponsor. Have you been considering wanting to take the Safety Consultant Blueprint course online? Well, let me throw a monkey wrench into your thoughts. I am going to do a live three-day event on Zoom. It's going to be a workshop that is me walking you through this course step by step by step each day july 28th july 29th and july 30th from 9 a.m eastern standard time to 1 p.m eastern standard time we're going to have an intimate group of a maximum 15 participants so register today sheldonprimus.com backslash live for the safety consultant blueprint so go to sheldonprimus.com backslash live and register today. Come on. Well, I am I am Sam Goodman. A lot of folks know me as the Hop Nerd. That's that's uh, kind of where I, I, I guess I get a little notoriety is around the Hop Nerd, right? I'm the host and I guess host and producer of the Hop Nerd podcast. I've been doing that for a while. Um, on top of that, 
it, well, I mean, from the name, you can guess that I'm into human and organizational performance. I'm kind of a nerd into those subjects. Anything, anything organizational culture, anything hop, anything human performance. Uh, believe it or not, I've been a safety practitioner for quite a while too. So just about anything safety, I've done that for the, the vast majority of my life. Uh, beyond the podcast, uh, I just got into uh, into this little thing that we call Hop University. Uh, so we're providing a lot of on-demand training and one-on-one consulting for safety professionals uh, and just all kinds of stuff. Any, anything human and organizational performance related, uh, anything on-demand hop training related, we've been, we've been kind of going over there. And that's, that's kind of the more recent kind of more recent venture. But I guess uh, in the grand scheme of things, um, I do a little bit of everything. Like I said, I'm a podcaster. Got stuff going on at Hop University. Uh, I've been getting into the live streaming thing, the live podcasting thing. So uh, that's me in a nutshell. All kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, you can't forget you wrote a book too. I always forget that, right? So I did. I wrote. I wrote a book. So I guess you can throw author on there too if you want to. I don't do that, but if you want to, you can. So I did. I did write a book uh, called Safety Sucks, uh, and it's it's a pretty. Uh, <laughs> It's funny, a safety guy that wrote a safety book that's not about how you do safety is kind of how I put it. Um, it's more about the profession. Um, so it's it's been an, it's been an interesting few months. Let me let me say that. Yeah, well, um, let me tell you my first impression of the book. When I, sure. I was going through it, and I got the Kindle version, so I didn't get any of the swag that everybody had been showing on LinkedIn, man. I feel like <laughs> <gym. laughs> I watched some of that safety sex swag, man. Uh, with the Kindle version, I was kind of going through it, and I'm not done yet, so I'll have to give you the full confession, but um, sure. truly, I was like, man, it seems so right. There's so many of these things that you have, and I got in safety in um, um, 94 was when I started in safety. It's probably when you were born. You, you look young. <laughs> I'm a little, little older than that. A little older than 94. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, in, I'm in my mid-30s currently. So okay. I'm st- I'm still, I still retain my, my baby face a little bit, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're, you're born, like, with the internet. You're, you know, one of these 80s kids, probably, right? Yeah, mid-80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's my nephew's age. I love, I love that age, man. You guys had just pretty much so much things just just boom happen when you're coming well, of age I, I keep I, I talk about this we're we're that kind of uh i was just talking to one of my friends uh, i have him on the podcast uh pretty frequently and we were chatting about that that we were in this kind of spot that was right in between right we we mm-hmm. kind of you know even with computers like i didn't experience my first computer until i was a little bit older right yeah. the, the, the internet stuff was just kind of happening and you know we we didn't really we knew the time kind of before it and we knew the time with it right so it was kind of this this kind of interesting spot where we didn't necessarily have it growing up and then all of a sudden we had it so as we were as we were going through kind of our earlier years it wasn't wasn't present then all of a sudden it's here right so it's it's a it's an interesting perspective that we have i I think that's what makes us uh makes us so so i guess uh mean and Angry. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are unique because you remember the first Teen Titans and now Teen Titans Go. Right. <laughs> you're, you're old enough to say that's not the real Teen Titans. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's start with the book first because uh, I, I do normally talk about the journey, but since I mentioned the book and my first feelings on it was really, it brought me back as to when I was a safety and health professional full-time working in the field, I had the unfortunate event that I was working for a state entity, and then also previously a city entity, and then a district, which was a special district of the state, 
in, in Florida, no OSHA. So therefore, you couldn't say, you know, OSHA is being the big bad. You always have to, you know, say, well, it's generally good to do this. <laughs> and, uh, and you have to really, really depend on your higher ups to do the right thing. Because if they just told you no, what can you do? It's either no, lose your job, or all right, let's figure out a way of doing this safely, even though I don't have an OSHA standard to follow. Um, and you know, that was that was most of my decisions. So some of the stuff that made safety suck to me was based off of those decisions where I had to figure out how to make you know, people safe when management wasn't about to do that. <laughs> so. Well, it's it's this thing where it's it's and I, we touch I touch on it just for a moment in the book. I mean, is that uh, even when you're right, you're wrong. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's that, that struggle that, that, I mean, most age practitioners have been in that, that, that struggle at some point, I would assume, uh, where you're just trying to do the right thing. And yeah. for whatever reason, the, the, there's a, the, the political environment isn't conducive to that. For whatever reason, those leaders above you just aren't into that, right. For whatever reason. And, uh, you get the, 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 the crap kicked out of you basically, you know, <laughs> for that. And you go, Oh, Okay. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's a that's a common that's a common struggle, and I think that's something that was. It's so interesting because so many folks. Um, I, I've I've gotten a lot of DMs and I've gotten a lot of, of emails and stuff. Folks that have read the book and kind of get back to me and talking about it. And um, it's it's the similar it's a similar the same conversation that, that kind of prompted me to write it. And it's this right. For a long time, when I first started in this profession, I was like, it this it must just be me. It must just be me. Either I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing the, the the short straw with jobs, either either you know that, or I'm, maybe I'm just a terrible safety professional. It's just me. I'm a terrible safety professional, and I, I just can't do this. And once I started having these conversations with other people, they're like, "Oh, that happened to me too." Yeah. Right. And this was this was years back, and I, and I dive into this a little bit in some of the stories. But I almost left this profession just completely outright to go do anything but safety, anything else. Right. I was, I was to that point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to go do anything else. I don't care. I don't care what it is. Right. I, I will, I will gladly go work, uh, you know, around the street at the fast food joint to get out of safety right now. I was just done with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was because of a lot of that suck, right? That air quote, that's, that suck. Um, and again, I, I think that's a lot of what kind of drove me into starting to write the book because it started. Uh, not not to get too far down the down into the rabbit hole of it, but it started with an article that I published a while back called "The Six Sucks of Safety," uh, the BS in the safety profession. They don't tell you about. So that's that's kind of where it started. I encourage folks to read that article. It's on my LinkedIn if they want kind of a, a, a preview of, of kind of what the book goes into. Um, but exactly when I when I when I published that article, I didn't imagine for a second that it would get any traction and imagine for a second that I would wake up the next day and have like a hundred emails from different people going, Hey, I won't comment this on your article, but let me tell you this story. Right. Uh, I I can't say this publicly on LinkedIn because my employer will fire me. (laughs) But Let me tell you this story. Let me tell you about this. I'm like, Oh, there's something here. There's, there's something here. There's, there's, there's a, there's something that we need to, uh, if it's painful, it probably needs, we, it probably means we need to press on it a little harder and figure out why it's painful. We need to figure out what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was that it was the whole mission was to try to figure out how to make the safety profession not suck, at least suck less. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's a great read. I like your personal story telling your, 
you know, how you first got, got into safety when you really didn't decide you're going to get into safety until you, you know, when your dad passed and you mm-hmm. took his advice. Uh, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a tough uh, thing. And, yeah, how long has it been? Uh, he passed away in 2007. So it's been a while. So prior prior to that, I'd spent time. I was I was working in power generation, but not not directly in safety. Yeah. Right. And then prior to that, I spent time in the fire service. Um, so there's kind of a, an interesting spot. I always I always tell people it's a long and winding road. You know that, that most of us find ourselves you know getting into this profession. I mean, it's usually pretty pretty wild, right? There's usually not a you ask any safety professional, and there's never like this clear cut. Rarely yeah. there's this clear cut answer that's like I did this and I did that, and then I'm a good safety person, right? Yeah. It's 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 usually this kind of long drawn out kind of wild story. Um, but yeah, I uh, you know when I had first started uh, pursuing some education, um, it was just about the time when a lot of these programs were starting to get a little popular. You know, the kind of EHS college, you know, collegiate level programs were getting popular. Um, and uh, my my dad had actually told me he's like you should you should look at safety. You know, he's, he he had retired out of mining. Um, you know, he had he had been uh, he'd retired out of mining. He'd gotten bored with retirement. He'd went back and started working nuclear outages, which I had no clue what those were at the time. Right, yeah. basically going around working working different outages of power plants just to kind of you know not be bored to death. <laughs> and so he was he was really exposed to safety as a profession. Right, yeah. very exposed to safety as a profession. Um, and he's like, you should look at this. This is this is a this. He could see the he could see the growth in the profession. And I just, you know, I'm, what? I don't care, <laughs> right? What are you talking about? I don't like growth. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Right. So, uh, you know, that long and winding road led me to go through. And my, my formal education is in is in uh, administration of justice. Uh, you know, my original experience, I ran away from that and become a firefighter because I got bored. You know, I was like, <laughs> all my friends have ran away become firefighters, medics. You yeah. know, I'm like, I don't want to be the only cop. <laughs> so I ran away to the fire academy and did that, and then from there, you know, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get into something a little bit different. You know, I'm, I'm, I was a young, young man at the time, and uh, some people throw rocks at me and tell me I'm still a kid, but I, you know, in thirties to me, I'm not, a, not, not quite a baby as much, yeah, but. Yeah. But I'd ran away and I was like, I'm going to travel. I want to do this. I want to do that. And nuclear power generation looks cool. Like that sounds cool. Like, let me, let me go give that a shot. Yeah. And so I started working out in just, and you're a homer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, 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 I've got my, I've got my, uh, my Geiger counter behind me on the, on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we, it, yeah, it's, that's that's a cool one. Oh, that's a that's an old uh, old civilian defense one, which is kind of civil defense. This is kind of neat. But yeah, I, uh, I I ran away and I started doing that, and I was like, well, you know, this is perfect for me. You know, as a as a young uh, as a young guy, you can you can run out, you can work a few outages every single year. You can work in the spring, you can work in the fall, you can be home during the summer. You can be laid up on a lake somewhere in the summer. You can be home for the holidays, and you can work spring and fall is perfect. So I did that for quite a while, and you know. That's a, that was a little bit at the time. I'm not sure how it is now. At the time, that was a little bit of a tough thing to break into. Um, so I, I just took whatever I could get to, to get my foot in the door, basically to get my first clearance, right, to get my first security clearance, get my first job, and, and, and get my name out there. And then from there, I just kind of worked my way through. You know, I, I, I did some various uh, le- some various leadership positions, did some different things working out, and just here and there until eventually I'm like, okay, this safety thing looks like looks like something I should do. 
Uh, and I went off and I found uh, some mentors and they kind of guided me and how to do that. And that was, that was kind of uh, my long and winding, weird, wacky way that I found myself into safety originally before I almost yeah. ran away. <laughs> now, from that, those stories, it kind of, especially since you did nuclear generation and on that side, that to me screams that that could have been the precursor to your experience with Hop because I know Hop started from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission and their their guidance and guidelines in my opinion. I don't know if there's something sure. previous to that, but no, um, you're you're right. So m- most of most of that original, uh, from, from my understanding of it, uh, and I'm definitely not not too deep into the history of it. Uh, but from my understanding of it, a lot of the original HP stuff developed uh, in the in the uh, in the DOE, and then it was pulled over into uh, kind of commercial nuclear generation. Info published, you know, the, the, the I think it's the five principles of human performance, right? So they kind of had those original principles, and then now with Hop, uh, it's really an update to those, right? So a lot of that original human performance improvement stuff that's still backbone, right? that's still good stuff. Um, some folks get a little a little confused and they're like, "Oh, we're throwing away all the old human performance tools and all the air precursors." No, all that stuff's still valid. That's still good stuff. Uh, a lot of this kind of hop stuff is really um, an update to that, right? It's 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 the continued evolution. It's a continued betterment, kind of kind of continued honing of kind of where we're going. So yeah, exactly. It it's that was my first exposure to human performance in general. Um, was in the nuclear space because that was just you know when you first go into that world at, at the time when I started it wasn't so fast when you were going your uh, in processing into the sites you know now it's down to like three days it's pretty pretty cool but when I started it was like the first two weeks of your employment you basically sat in a in a job site trailer in the back side you know back side of the site on a computer for two weeks basically and then you had a they gave you a they gave you a traveler right they give you a piece of paper that you walked around and had about 20 classes on it some cbt some in person some meetings you know drug screen this clearance that you know background check here interview here uh you know mmpi interview here so mental screening here and you you just walked around for two weeks getting that thing done and then like okay now you got to wait another week to get your badge (laughs) so you're you're there for three weeks and look i'm not complaining as as a young as a young guy just starting in a career and they're like listen we're going to pay you full wages to sit in this trailer for three weeks. I'm not going to complain, right? I mean, I'll, right. I'll, I'll do everything on the traveler and I'll hang out. <laughs> you know? Done and done. We're going to take some time over here. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's exactly. I get a little squirrely. I like to get down down the rabbit hole a little bit as I talk, but okay. um, yeah, that's that that's that, yeah, exactly. that's 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 how I first was exposed to human performance. And then I kind of had a little bit of a. A uh, really, I guess, a, a reawakening to human performance a little bit later in my career. All right. So, for the lay people who aren't familiar with human performance, uh, and of course, Jay always gives me a little, yeah, no, not, a, not a whole bunch of crap, but for the most part, I tell him um, um, uh, a 60 40 with uh, BDS, behavior based safety, and hop. Uh, right. And when you ask which one's 60, which one's 40, it's usually right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> changes by the day, huh? Changes <laughs> by the day. So, um, uh, for those of you who uh, who may not be aware of it, the behavior-based safety side, I'll start on that side, and then since I've got the actual hop nerd next to me, I'm going to have him get the the contrast on B, uh, BBS versus the hop side. Sure. So, for those that are heard the behavior-based safety model, generally speaking, what it is is, and if this is if you do it right. 
you're going to the premise behind it is if you take care of the behaviors of the individual and then they have the the old pyramid that you, you probably have seen in your life where it was a, a Heinrich pyramid, H.W. Heinrich, where if you were to look at 30,000 at-risk behaviors, you know, kind of like cascade down to you're going to start avoiding different things. You avoid uh, some of the incidents, you avoid uh, some serious injuries. And there's a ratio in there which has been proven now to not actually be a significant ratio. So that's why I'm not going to the ratio because yeah, it changes yeah. every pyramid you see. Yeah. <laughs> but the bottom line is you deal with behaviors in the DBS world and then you're going to eventually stop a fatality or eventually you're going to stop something that is going to be a, a big loss event. Uh, so what you do in that situation is you supposed to choose one behavior at a time. You get a group together. You get your data set because it only works with the amount of data that goes in it. But if you're doing it right, you're observing behaviors and finding people doing things right, rewarding people for doing things right, asking them why they chose to do things right, mm-hmm. and then the data should be in observations today of hand placement. And we saw one person, or let's say four people that were doing it right, six people who had at-risk behavior, that's the phrase we'll use there, and you're supposed to talk to the people who are doing it right, find out what made it right for them, and then reward that. You consult the people who haven't done it right, find out why they chose that way, and then you take away the barriers so that they can repeat the behaviors of the people who are doing it right. And eventually you get behavior mastery. That's what they're looking for, where you don't get eight out of 10 people that doing the placement of their hands right. All right behavior mastery enough to us let's move on to the next behavior so on the hop side that's almost a direct affront to to the hop world sure and i I wouldn't i wouldn't even say i wouldn't even say that because i think um it's something that i've been uh, that i've been i don't want to say preaching but i guess so boxing for a little bit is that we need to start to come together a little bit because we've both kind of get these camps and we each yell at each other um I will say that I, th- I, th- I think the, yeah, <laughs> I think that there is there is some there, there's definitely some carryover there's definitely some balanced stuff from kind of the, the behaviorist camp right I think that there's some stuff that we can take I don't think coaching is a bad thing right I don't, I don't think I don't think giving someone guidance or trying to teach them how to do something a little better is a bad thing um, to me what Hop has always kind of done is it just takes it farther right it it goes from saying that you know when we go out we do those observations. And we see that behavior, we're just honing in on trying to fix that behavior or those behaviors. Right? Hop acknowledges that those behaviors are probably not even that much of a choice, that they come from something deeper in the system, right? Yeah. That there's something driving that behavior, that context drives behavior, that the system drives a behavior. That if we're seeing problems with hands in the wrong spots, that's a problem of the system more than it is of the individuals. Right, that there's something in our in our work that's forcing us to put our hands there, right? because people don't just choose to do those things. Right, it's very rare. It's very rare to run into malicious folks, and it's they're there. Right, they're there. I've got a term for them that I, I won't throw out. Uh, it's it's a little it's a little uh, rough, but <laughs> there there are some of those folks that exist in every system. There's outliers, right? But most people. Uh, and it's, it's it's just like when we look at the post injury, right? That was that was some of what kind of pushed me down this path originally, 
unfortunately, you know, being exposed to some occupational fatalities, unfortunately being exposed to some pretty significant events. And it always seemed like when we when we got completely through with the investigation, what we really just said is that that person should have done better. Yeah. Right. And that was that was kind of where my beef originally started. And I, I don't really say beef with behavior based safety, but just I'll just say traditional safety approaches. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that we ended up in this place where we said, well, if that person would have just not put their hand there or if someone would have went and talked to them about putting their hand there. Right. Then this would have never happened. Yeah. And there's a much deeper issue, though, right? If we've got folks that feel that they're being forced or, or unknowingly forced into putting their hands into these positions, or I, I like to put it this way, if we're relying on people to make 100% right choices 100% of the time to keep from chopping their hands off, we're probably doing the wrong thing, right? Because people are always going to mess up, right? We're always, people. always going to mess up. Exactly. I was just thinking about this this morning because I've been, I've been doing these little daily LinkedIn videos. So it forces me to actually think in the morning, which is awful uh, oh, yeah. before, you know, nine or 10 o'clock. But I was thinking about this this morning because uh, I've put on like this quarantine weight, like a lot of people have because we've been locked in the house. Right. And I've been here and over the past few days, I've been, I've been trying to get some traction and trying to get some traction with my diet. And I've been just relying on willpower to try to do that. So last night, you know, I, I wake up and I'm, I'm, covered in i love these little these little hershey cookies and cream the little mini ones you know what i'm talking oh, about yes. and yes. so i wake up and i'm like i'm like covered in like like an like an addict like covered in wrappers from these hershey cookies and cream because i had them in my Got house the right going. <laughs> right exactly so it, i could turn around and go stupid person and i did right i'm like i can't believe i did that right i was stupid i can't believe i did that but then the more that i thought about it, i'm like that crap doesn't even need to be in my house Right. If I really want to make sure and not rely on my human nature to, to protect me from that stuff, I need to take it farther. I need to just get rid of it. I need to put a, an essential control. Right. And in this situation, my essential control would be just plucking that stuff, It'd be elimination. Right. It would just be getting completely rid of it. Right. And doing, by, by doing so. Right. Right. By doing so. The problem is, is that I've got uh, there's some other pressures. Right. I've yeah. got a five-year-old that really likes those too, oh, right? So yeah. there's some other pressures that I have to consider and I have to negotiate. Um, and the the real long story there is this, is that as we kind of go through our work, as we go through our diet, as we go through any of this stuff, we're in this constant negotiation between different pressures, between different different things that are, that are pushing us in different directions. And yeah. ultimately, we usually, we usually get it right. And that's a safe statement for most organizations is that mm-hmm. we do safe and stable work 99% of the time, right? The vast majority of the time we do safe and stable work. But then all of a sudden, when we have something not so great, it goes, well, you, right? That person, that person should have tried harder. Uh, and that's that's really ultimately where it's going, right? We're ultimately saying uh, in a roundabout way, and this was this was not to get too far down the rabbit hole, but this was, this was some of my beef with some of the first iterations of human performance even was that it was still very pointed to the individual practitioner. We were still ultimately saying that if you were a better employee, then this wouldn't have happened to you and we wouldn't be having this problem. Right. So the, the beef was this, is that uh, while it's good to coach, while, while it's good to teach, I thought, oh, that's amazing and great stuff. I think it's probably good to go out and do observations, right? Mm-hmm. If we're getting deeper into where those behaviors are coming from, not just, not just staying on the surface, right? But... So much of that that we were left with with those traditional approaches, and back to some of the suck that almost pushed me out of the profession, 
was that we were left, you know, printing posters and hanging banners and doing stand downs because we just stopped at bad people do bad things. Right. We just stopped it. If you would have made better choices, if you would have made better decisions, that's the only options you're left with at that point. Yeah. Right. You're, you're, you're left with a banner and a poster and a stand down. Right. Uh, and when I really discovered hop and, and I, especially when I heard that, you know, that number one is that, you know, air is normal, right? The fact that somebody makes a mistake, that's the most boring part of any event, yeah, right? Of any event. Out of the norm. Exactly, right? The, 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 the most boring part of any event is the fact that I messed up. That's, the, that's that, well, duh, I messed up. I'm a person, right? Of course I messed up. Of course I forgot that. Of course I forgot to, to, to do this or that or press that button or, or pull this lever. Of course I forgot that because, you know, I, you know, all this other stuff, all this other pressure, right? All these other air precursors back into, you know, normal, regular human forms, old school human forms, all that stuff, you know, all those negotiations. I'd normally get those negotiations right. Now, all of a sudden, I got one wrong. But it's still coming back to that point is that just because someone has an error, it shouldn't cost them their life, right? Just because someone has a human error, it should not significant or cause them significant injury, right? So um, there's a couple other interesting parts there to unpack because like, like you're kind of touching on the pyramid. Um, there's obviously, as we kind of go down the safety differently path, as we start to go down some of this, this other piece, we start to understand that lower level indicators aren't necessarily predictive of kind of the next big thing to come, right? right. There is, there is some, there is some, some something to say, right? There's, there's something to say there about like correlation, right? There, there's, there's obviously something to say about shots on goal, right? If you get, you get enough shots on goal, you're eventually going to make one, right? So there is something there. I, I won't argue that, but what we've always found is that as as we start to view this stuff um we start to understand that there's lower level events I, and always always use hand cuts I'm like you know if i have you know, 100 hand cuts 101 doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a fatality if i have 30,000 hand cuts it doesn't mean 30,001 is going to be a fatality right it's still back into understanding that most of these especially these extreme events these black swan events these kind of these kind of really catastrophic events they're usually outliers. They're usually things that are way outside of our imagination, right? Because if we could have imagined it, we would have prevented it, right? And it's just way out there. Stuff that we couldn't even imagine occurring. It's stuff that it, that we, we just couldn't couldn't think of, right? So it's it's it because I, I get down that path going. If we have a near miss, and we're like, holy crap, we almost killed that person. We make sure that we don't have that again. Right? Yeah. We we make very well sure that, that something like that can't occur yeah, in our organization again. The posters and everything else, but right. I, I my gut feeling on the whole situation is this: uh, people who are doing BDS wrong in the safety world, yes, they're giving everyone else that want to do BDS the right way a bad name, and then sure. same thing with Hop. You know, if you're doing yeah. it wrong, then you get. But my gut feeling is this, is some people turn to the behavior-based safety and the stand-downs and the posters and everything else that resolves after your incident investigation as a mitigation factor because the organization itself hamstrings the safety field. We want safety as a higher-up organization. We feel we need to have it there, but most people are thinking of safety as a necessary evil and not part of the management function of the company so to do hop right you need the whole organization to look for latent conditions in a normal normalized way exactly 
right? Well, it's, it's so much of this is that is, 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 you know, when we have, and it's, it's even into the event, right? So even post event, we talked about, about the error being born, right? The actual event itself. And I don't mean, I don't mean to downplay any events, but the actual event itself is kind of boring. Right. If you if you you, you look at uh, what was it the, the commuter train crash where they collided with the with the locomotive, right? Um, I can't think of where you know. I think it was California, right? But it's years ago, years ago. Um, but if you put two trains on the same track moving at each other at seventy miles an hour, the fact that they hit and exploded a bunch of people die is kind of well, duh. <laughs> right. Again, That's that that kind of right. Exactly. So the error part is is boring. Right, the, the the actual event itself, you know, that chain of events is probably kind of boring too. The really interesting part to learn is all the context that surrounded the event and all the normal work that's occurred leading up to that event. Right. So learning from normal work, learning from all those times that we got it right until suddenly we kind of didn't. Right. Because it's 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 even to that point, right? That there's probably right, there's probably lots of little close calls and your misses, right? To your point about kind of talking about shots on goal and kind of that correlation. There's probably lots of different stuff that was happening that we could have been learning from. So I, I right, I don't know what it is. I've updated, I've done a couple other things, I've I've been kind of looking it up, trying to figure out what's going on, and everything. Like, oh, no, you're on a roll too, brother. You were on uh it. no, I was I was on fire, man. I was you on fire. I don't, remember, you were. I don't remember where I was at. What's the last thing I said? <laughs> I was I think I was I was I was going down the path of talking about, you know, the the uh, the air part of an event is really boring. The event itself yes. is really boring, but learning from normal work and I really like going out and having this conversation with folks. And I like the word suck. Some people are offended by that. But I like to go out and ask people, you know, where wh- where's the suck in your job? What's the stupidest thing that you have to do every single day to do your job? Yeah. And if people will show you that, you're going to find <laughs> some pretty wild stuff. Not only that, you're going to start to build up a little bit of trust. Right. And then these folks are going to come to you and go, Hey, you think that's bad? Let me show you where I almost died the other day. Right. And it's right. And that's getting into that point of learning how work normally occurs because it's, it's a tale that we've heard a thousand times. Right. If you're a safety person, you've heard it a thousand times. Well, we've done it like that for 10 years. Right. It's been fine until all of a sudden, you know, John Doe cut off his arm this time. Right. And it's that, right? We're not getting into normal work, right? We've got to get into understanding normal work and learning from normal work and understanding what that looks like. But I think I, I had on the uh, I had on the great Mark Alston over on my podcast not too long ago, and that's his whole mission in life is teaching organizations how to learn from normal work, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really the magic stuff. That's really where a lot of really great learning is at, is in and around that normal work kind of stuff. Again, I, most people are shocked when they hear this from me. But I'm a Scott Geller fan. Like I like Scott Geller. Right? I, 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 there's some great stuff there. You know, I was I was just chatting back and forth in the comments uh, with Tim Ludwig the other day. I want to get him on my podcast to talk about. You know, he's he's got a great book called Dysfunctional Practices, and he doesn't explicitly say this, but a lot of his conversation throughout that book, at least in the beginning, is how you know Hop and certain parts of behavior based education can complement each other. Right. Absolutely. So. There's, there's, there's not, I, I'm, uh, this whole thing of like, you know, we see it. I mean, get on, get on LinkedIn any second, you know, I get hate mail. 
I get hate mail from from the behavior based safety side because like you gotta watch your step popped out right and then I I, I get I get hate from the hop side because I'm like can't we be friends right I get it I get it from both sides but I think there's something to be said there about having that conversation and learning from both sides I've gotten to the point to where. I pigeonholed myself a little bit by calling myself a hop nerd. But what I really am is as, as I'm an evangelist for betterment. I just want safety better. Right? Evangelist for betterment. Evangelist for betterment. Yeah, I like that. Put that on a t shirt right now. <laughs> well, I'll just right I'll now. just say, you know, I'll just say that, you know, I tuned in to you and uh, and Dr. J. Allen chatting yeah. one day. It was, it was when you were in studio and I, I was listening. Um, you guys inspired me to start. You in particular inspired me to start buying domain names. So there's all kinds of betterment domain names that I now just ask me about that. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan just texted me about that. <laughs> like I'm like, they're right. Why am I not buying domain names? It's <laughs> <laughs> addicting. I'll tell you that. Yeah, so, but so your partner knows because then there's a whole bunch of money coming out of your account. So. A random time. I know. I was just looking. I'm like, ooh. At least I'm like, okay, stagger this. To me. <laughs> like, yeah. but, can I take it? <laughs> let me let me let me go ahead and pay for this one ahead of time. <laughs> uh, you got me squeaking like a girl over here. <laughs> All right. Well, that is not it with Sam Goodman. You're going to have to stick around next week when we will continue the rest of this episode. And truly, as you can tell, we're having fun. We really had a a good time. We enjoyed ourselves. And uh, he's a great, great person to follow. So you want to follow him on the Hop Nerd or the Hop University, as you'll talk about next week. Uh, One thing I do want to say, thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for subscribing to this podcast. Thank you for sharing this with uh, friends and those that you feel will be uh, benefited by this podcast. It's been a really fun time for me, and uh, and I, I truly, truly appreciate it. So one thing I would really like is, if you can, and you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do. So take a chance right now, hit your subscribe button on whatever device you're listening to me on and whatever, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm on everything. I'm on Stitcher and I'm on iTunes and iHeartRadio. I'm probably going to remember all the, forget all the other ones, but there's so many <laughs> services now for listening to podcasts. And if you ever want to know about the behind the scenes with podcasts, go ahead and listen to the Jay Allen uh, show that he had to return the show, which was on the last week's episode. If you haven't heard yet, I am doing a giveaway. One person is going to get the chance of winning the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. So that's the course I've been advertising. That's the course that uh, people who are now in safety consulting are considering to be a safety consultant. They've uh, taken this course, got great feedback. The price of this course is 575 bucks, but you can enter to win it. You can enter multiple times uh, through different things, such as subscribing for the channel. So if you're interested in trying to win, the safety consultant blueprint course that I have created, then go to sheldonprimus.com backslash contest. sheldonprimus.com backslash contest. 
so it's going all this week it's gonna go all next week and then i will announce the winner on the monday podcast that will be monday the 15th so that podcast on monday the 15th i will be announcing the winner so you could do multiple injury uh in multiple entries not injuries not incidents multiple entries from now in the time of this recording this first episode with sam goodman will be june 1st so from june 1st all the way until it ends midnight on the 13th so that uh saturday morning at midnight or friday late late 11 59 that's your last opportunity uh to actually and this is all in eastern time to do uh, your registration for this and then the drawing is going to be over that weekend and i will announce the winner june 15th on that podcast you will have the announcement of the winner of the safety consultant blueprint course all right so go ahead visit sheldonprimus.com backslash contest all right so uh here's going to be a little tip of the week so uh, one of the things that me and Sam were talking about in the interview was talking about just the way you would view different incidents and how you view that uh, finding root cause. So one of the tips would be don't always look for one, two factors in your root cause. Uh, you're also going to want to make sure that you're going to as the safety consultant especially, you want to get down to all causal relationships. So the best way to go about this is clear mind, clear understanding of the situation. Everyone counts. Management counts. Line counts. Frontline supervisors count. So that means as best as you can, you're going to evaluate all of the components leading up to that incident and you have to find out if this is just a latent condition waiting to be activated by a person or this is something that was a rapidly uh, presented hazard that developed into uh, whatever the incident was so during your investigation i would really uh, say you have to take the time the energy the effort to seek all causal relationships even if it's little and little meaning let's say someone just needs retraining okay you're putting that on the person but how do you know the retraining was quality how do you know the retraining delivery was good how do you know that the subject is this person is being retrained on uh, maybe there's a change in it and you've had material that you've been you know same videos that you've been giving year in and year out and year in and year out so therefore as a safety consultant you're going to have to really start thinking of those things and you're going to have to come up with a recommendation too so your recommendation chances are you're going to have several different factors and a recommendation for each one of those factors to address the corporate culture which will also address the safety culture which will also address root cause it's all causal relationships so you have to really start thinking about those things seeing how all the the pieces work together and just 
whatever you do, don't place blame on the, the worker. Oh man, that worker was lazy and that's why we had this incident. All right, there might have been some, some laziness in there. However, you're going to really need to quantify that. And if you're the consultant, that's not good enough. You're going to really have to dig into what else was happening and all of the... I can't say dominoes because that's linear, but all those factors that had a little bearing into this incident. So uh, you take your time with that one, really kind of uh, figure that one out. And I do have a podcast episode about critical thinking for safety professionals. You should listen to that one, really try to go through it and make sure that you're, you're on the right track, all right? Okay, so that is the tip of the week. Uh, you can visit the show if you want to support the show in any way. Uh, go to patreon.com backslash safety consultant. Patreon.com backslash safety consultant. And you have different levels of how you can support the show. All right. So next week we've got the continuation part two of Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd. So I'll talk to you then. Go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.